0: following podcast contains spoilers and words like cr, and gosh d. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hi, thanks for joining us. This is We Watched A Thing, which means... You must be Billy. Well, that's right. I, I am, actually. I'm, I'm glad you got me and not somebody else. <laughs> I would have really royally messed up. So, you then must be... Topher, is that right? Logic suggests. Yes, I mean, we've only been doing this for, what, 160-something episodes now? I don't know. Since you upload the episodes, I, I, <laughs> I don't keep track of the number. Yeah, it's 160-something, mate. <laughs> I think I think we're like 167 or something as of this week. Good content. <laughs> Good thing I'm editing this one, then. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thankfully, for this episode... I managed to see uh, a new film on Netflix. That's right. Called called Malcolm and Marie. Dropped on Netflix and also in cinemas. Big shout out to our good friends at Dendy Cinema who were showing this locally. Malcolm and Marie. I'm really, really, really curious to chat about this one with you because you know what I thought because I can't keep anything to myself. I have zero idea about your thoughts on this movie. So, shall we get into it? Let's do it. All right. Malcolm and Marie is a twenty twenty one American black and white romantic drama film written and directed and produced by Sam Levinson. It stars John David Washington and Zendaya and nobody else. And what is it about, Tove? I say black and white romantic like is it black and white <laughs> is like a genre. <laughs> that's what that's what Wikipedia have written, mate. <laughs> well, Log on and change it. (laughs) Just delete that. I can't. My my Wikipedia account is still banned. I've changed too many things. (laughs) (laughs) They keep blocking Um, me. I probably side with Wikipedia (laughs) on this one. Oh, come on. The first time I got banned was your fault, if you remember back that far. It was absolutely not my fault. Oh, really? Really? (laughs) Yeah. I did not ask you to change your Wikipedia page for my birthday. You just did that. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh so what is it about, Tove? Uh Malcolm and Marie is a film about one night in the life of two people who should probably not be together. Oh, you think? Really? That's your Absolutely. take. That's your take by the Absolutely. end of the film. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. By, by the end of the film. <laughs> <Are> you serious? <laughs> you just don't understand love, mate. <laughs> You, yeah maybe or I maybe did. you have a nicer partner than I do and I'm just wait this is normal <laughs> <laughs> you what you smashing mac and cheese while your other half is in rage i can yeah i buy it yeah yep the only difference is i wouldn't have mac and cheese made for me <laughs> well speaking of mac and cheese it was highly relieved to see that she salted the water before putting the macaroni in there not enough people do that for your liking. Oh, man. Anytime now, anytime now that I have pasta made by someone who doesn't salt the water, I'm just like, bleh. No, you got to salt the water. And if you're really fancy, just a little hint of olive oil in there, too. Just save your drizzle for the end, mate. <laughs> little flourish on top. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. What, that's what you want. you got to do that, too. You're but salt your water, do. people. Salt yeah. your water. In fact, my like third or fourth note written down is just about how how much that took me out of the movie because the second she said mac and cheese it's all I could think about for like the next 25 minutes I had to pause it to go and order myself some mac and cheese croquettes before I could continue watching because I just couldn't think about anything else like Zendaya gets me man can we get to the bottom of what mac and cheese is (laughs) you smug prick you look at your happy little face there. you're like he messed up (laughs) right from the get-go in this film, I was totally in and invested. Like, I I know that you said black and white is not a genre, and you're right, it's not, but I am such a big fan of black and white for black and white's sake. Like, let's face it, there is zero reason for this movie to be in black and white, but it adds so much. Like, the, the cinematography in this film is beautiful, and that just subtle level of film grain the lighting the black and whiteness i feel like it almost becomes a character in itself how did you feel about the look of the film i really i really enjoyed the look of the film if if it's black and white or color yeah i can take it or leave it happy either way um i liked it thought it looked good um i think the uh, just just big props to both the director and cinematographer. The film's shot by Marcel Rev, I believe. Um, in terms of specifically, um, some of the compositions they come up with, where oh. they're willing to just lock the camera off for what for a while, gorgeous, and be like, and be like, just check this shot out. Yeah, it's shit f- hot. The film opens with a seven-minute continuous long take, just of John David Washington dancing and rambling about filmmaking, <laughs> and. It, the camera doesn't move this isn't like a one take where you know not like a goodfellas one shot this is almost a locked off wide shot of a room but fuck it looks good and i would watch john david washington dance for hours i wouldn't have cared if that yeah. was the whole movie <laughs> it's almost so, it's actually kind of self referential isn't it because later on he mentions something about it's not a steady cam it's a yeah it's a dolly shot and yeah that's that shot just goes Back and forth and back and forth. And it um, as you were getting to, it, yeah, it doesn't draw attention to itself, really. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I'm shocked. Um, I wouldn't have guessed that it was seven minutes long. It's, I, I count that's it, a yes. good, That's seven a good chunk long. of a film. It is, really is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing that in the, both in the direction and how the film is shot that I give them big, big tick to is, How clear an understanding you get of the space. Really quite early on in the film, you just you know your way around this house. Yeah. Um, which I think maybe seems like it's really easy to do, but I don't think it necessarily is. It's absolutely that easy to give people these point of reference that yes, as soon as you've gone gone around that corner, you still know where you are in relation to everything else. And to be clear, I would be very happy to go and hang out in that house for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Um I mean, another Mad Props, just while we're talking about how a deep an understanding you have, I loved the screenplay for this film. And I think it's shocking how quickly you get a sense of who these characters are. For almost the entire duration of the film, they don't talk about anything else other than what they're arguing about, really. Like, they talk about his film, they talk about the impacts of the night and stuff, that's basically it. And yet... I feel like within 10 minutes, you know who both of these people are pretty deeply. Like, they are very real, fleshed out people, considering there's not a lot of- I mean, I, I was going to say there's not a lot of dialogue, which absolutely isn't true. It's a very dialogue-heavy film. But there's no extraneous dialogue here. There's nothing there that's simply there to let you know about these people. And yet, you know everything about them, I think. Yeah, interested to know just how quickly Levinson did just belt this script out, as as I understand it, at- Zendaya's behest. Yeah. She was like, all right, well, we can't be making- I think, what, they probably would have been shooting Euphoria and so and couldn't. Yeah. And so she was like, well, write us a movie, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> first Hollywood movie produced during the pandemic. Um, but, I mean, what they've done with the kind of bottle storyline here with two actors, one location, I, I just adored it. Mm. As and- you said in a message to me, though- I was always going to this movie, a movie where two people just sit and talk was always going to be my jam. Oh, this had Billy <laughs> all over. I've I've seen a lot of critique of the film. a lot of it I don't get. and this is where I'm curious to hear what you thought of it. So we've spoken a lot so far about like the look of the film, the the film making itself, which, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that this film isn't superbly made. Where were you on the screenplay, the quote unquote plot, etc. Look, all in all, I had a good time. Um, I liked this film. I think clearly a bunch of the critical pushback, you've got to assume, is a reaction to Levinson airing his own grievances through the character of Malcolm. <laughs> um, and, like, and to the point that the, the one critic that he keeps specifically going after in the film, that's a real person. That that Levinson is going after, which now do I agree that that's pretty petty? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but <laughs> do I also think that it's pretty thin-skinned. Then to go, I don't like that he's being mean to yeah me or my people or someone I know. Uh, yeah, I think every, I think there's many people involved in the circle of this film who are being just pretty thin-skinned and petty. I mean, let me raise this to you, though. Do you at any point feel like Malcolm is a hero? Is Malcolm supposed to be this great guy? or is Malcolm's he an idiot. To, he's supposed to be a crybaby. We're not supposed to think... I, I, this is where I don't understand. He's not using it as a platform to critique critics. I actually think that the critique of critics in the film is actually pretty great, and, and I think there's a lot of stuff he says about critics that is kind of spot on, and, and it's funny and satirical, but like we're not supposed to empathise with Malcolm as if everything he says is true. He's supposed to be a petty, petulant crybaby, so I think it's so great writing. I, I, I agree and I disagree with you because I think it is real, and I think you nailed it by saying that so much of it is really on point, which I think Speaks to the fact that, yes, this is this is real stuff from him that he that he thinks and he's still pissed off about the reaction that um, Assassination Nation received. Uh, On the other hand, I completely agree with you that while while Malcolm's going off about this stuff. In no way are we looking at him as an aspirational character. He's being an absolute tool. Yeah, he's meant to be a little (laughs) crybaby. Yeah. We're meant to be going, oh, just shut up, Malcolm.
1: Exactly. Like
0: Daya is there making you mac and cheese. This beautiful woman wearing this skimpy little dress is cooking you macaroni and cheese. And you are whinging about a good critique of your film. Can you not just enjoy life? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, 10 minutes into the film, he's- and I'm like, mate, you're a lucky man. <laughs> and I'm editing this one. Oh, God. What have I done? <laughs> so every once in a while, I give you the keys and <laughs> it's like, it's like some, <laughs> you know what it's like? You're Cameron with the Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. I give you the keys every once in a while, and you're just going to wreck that thing. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to say that I then and am, and am, am Ferris, but I guess oh, I guess God, that's man, what's happened. You're not Ferris. You're no, Mr. Rooney. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we should talk about the um, the only two people in this film, I guess. I guess we absolutely should. Jeez, uh, they're good, aren't they? Both exceptional. Uh, like, I can't remember the last time I saw a two-person film. I'm a, I'm a big fan of of this kind of thing. You know, ever since I studied Waiting for Godot in high school, um, you know, Clerks, classic example. Big fan of Hard Candy, and that was another one that had two exceptional central performances. But geez, these two are good. Like you know that I'm a fan of a 90 minute film. I could have just sat and watched these two in real time for hours. I think that would become exhausting Here's- after the after the runtime of this film. Here's the thing: in though- fact, I would. In fact, I think it happens, and like it, I think it's meant to. It's fine. It happens during the runtime of this film, which is not a long film. This is what I was going to bring up. I've I've seen a lot of people talk about the exhaustion that you feel after watching these two fight for so long. I never hit that point. I I was thoroughly engaged and unlike you I never thought that they didn't belong together like this is these are two very real people and fighting is a very real thing I'm not saying that this is this is life every night <laughs> but I I don't think we're supposed to get the picture that this is their entire life either this is this is what happens over the course of a single night and I never felt that exhaustion like I did with say w- we had watched it only a couple of weeks ago, pieces of a woman where I felt so exhausted by the just crap melodrama flying at me. I never got that with this, so you did though you've you hit that 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 wall of drama, oh definitely, but like I think it's completely intentional i'm not I'm not saying it as a bad thing about the film, yeah um and and as you said, yeah, they do seem like quite real people. And yes, yeah, she should leave his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, the like these two are for the next 10, 15 years, these two could dominate films like few others. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see them on the screen together. I, like, I've been a big fan of John David Washington for a while now. I haven't seen Zendaya in much apart from the Spider-Man films, which I think she does a very good job in. But they are the MCU. Like, there's there's never a lot to work with in those films. So this was the first real performance I've seen her do. And I was stunned. I think they were both excellent. Well, she, she wasn't nominated for the Globes, was she? All the SAGs, I don't believe. Okay, here are the nominees ahead of her. So she wasn't nominated for a SAG. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, Francis McDormand, Nomadland, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman; Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Amy Adams' Hillbilly Elegy. I'm surprised okay. is he Amy Adams in this list. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, but it seems like everyone, like, all, all I hear about that film is it's not good and we can't believe that she'll definitely get nominated for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I know about it, and I say that as a massive Amy Adams fan, that- I believe the fact that this should not be in her list of things she gets nominated for and doesn't win. Yeah, everything I've heard um, about it is that it just isn't good. <laughs> that's exactly what I hear. Um, Viola Davis is an all-timer, but um, but lead is category fraud. She's every, I mean, there is not a lead in that film. Yeah. So, I think Zendaya should go up to Viola Davis and- <laughs> Say balls <laughs> and say, This is in no way your fault. Let me go find the people that nominated you. Yeah. Look, look, I'ma let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the Globes nominees are exactly the same, but sub out Amy Adams for under a day in the United States versus Billy Holiday. Right. Uh okay, well, doesn't matter, you're all losing to Francis anyway. <laughs> yeah. You think is your money still on Francis? At this point, we're recording this on, what, Feb 22, is it? Yeah, Yep. At this point in time, yes, my money is still on Francis. I'm still pushing for Mulligan. I love Mulligan. Yeah, I think, it's, I think, I think this is her year. I mean, speaking of the two fighting, what's the worst trouble you've ever been in? You, have you ever been in a fight like this? No, not even close. Wow. We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty zen. <laughs> my wife is a Capricorn. So I get yelled at most nights. Famously meaningless. Oh, pish posh. Typical Pisces to say that. Sure. (laughs) Yes, this is not a dynamic that I'm familiar with at all. Not even one little bit. Yeah, right. Her um, speaking of Zendaya, her what a c- mac and cheese, what a c- mac and cheese diatribe had me in stitches. <laughs> That's something I wasn't expecting about this film. Is how at times when it's funny, it is laugh out loud yeah, funny. There are there are, some there, are actual- there are some truly hilarious moments, like um when um when Malcolm. Is looking for his keys and can't find them. Yeah. And she's like, have you checked here? Yes. Have you checked here? Yes. <laughs> I found them. Where were they? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as the yes, obviously they were exactly where Marie said. That just <laughs> killed me. I loved it. Um yeah. when they're when they're getting into it about uh the character in his film being based on her or not. And he's like, you know, she's no, she's based on a bunch of people. And she's like, well, who else is she based on? People, yeah <laughs> it's just priceless. Washington's delivery in those moments is just brilliant, yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, it was um it was one night in Miami where we were talking about um when Malcolm X and Sam Cook are going at it, and the reactions that those two have when they think the other ones actually got a point yeah. um that's that's interesting how it rears its head. In this film, where at the times where Marie, on the on the rare times I would say when Marie thinks that Malcolm has a point, how quiet she gets, whereas it's the complete opposite when he knows she's right, he just fucking flies off the handle. Oh, which is completely true of people. <laughs> like, and this is another one that, and we spoke about this with um with One Night in Miami, which obviously is actually based on a play, and we spoke about how that translated to film. I think there would be, it would be easy to say that this film could translate to a stage play, but I actually don't think it could. I think the medium of film adds so much to this. As I was saying, I think the cinematography and the look of the film is almost a character. I think it adds a lot of charm to the film. And obviously, being a film about filmmaking, kind of ostensibly, I I. I, Think that it's kind of perfectly captured here, even though it is only two people in the one room, and you could easily present it on stage. I just don't think it would work half as well. Jeez, I would watch a one-act play of this. Yeah, who would? Who, especially, especially, especially if it's those two doing. It. I was just going to ask who would you like to see? Because when I was in New York, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart were doing um, Waiting for Godot on off Broadway. <laughs> It was such a an awesome pairing. If McKellen and Stu Holy yeah. shit. If this was going off Broadway and they couldn't get JDW and Zendaya, who would you like to see in it? Like, do you think that there are others who could pull this off? I do. There's things you'd have to change because in the script, um, I believe um Levinson was had the had the awareness to say, okay, I've written this script, but I'm white and you're black, so can you just please fix it for me where it needs oh, fixing? Oh, yeah. It's very um, clear in the script that they're supposed to be African-Americans. I mean, uh, the majority of um, of Malcolm's critique of critics is about, you know, critiquing a black filmmaker. So, yeah. Yeah. So, if if you were going to- ch- this, I mean, this is really obvious and it's in my head because of the um, recent- Seriously flawed, but thoroughly engaging performance that Adam Driver does in Marriage Story. I mean, I mean, he would kill it. Did, he would just kill it. Did you just say his performance in Marriage Story was flawed? No, his character. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Because I was going to say that's a that's a ten out of ten film for me. <laughs> in fact, that'd be fun. Let's see a stage play of this with the people from Marriage Story, and <laughs> then. <laughs> I mean, marriage story. Marriage story is almost just like a three-act version of this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then a stage. Yeah, and then and and also a a double bill because this is this would be a one-act play. Yeah. So you do it. Yeah, double bill. Then we do. We also have a play of Marriage Story with J D W and. and (laughs) Yep, I'd love that. Speaking of um of some of the great frames in this film, one of my Absolute favorites is also an incredibly simple one. And I just really hope that the editor fought long and hard before losing the battle. That the frame of the roughed up bed mm. was not the end of the film. Yeah. Washington exits frame. This bed is like, is just there in frame as, as, as just this visual. Metaphor of everything that's come before it. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Yes. Fade to black. <laughs> come on. Wait. What are you doing, movie? Why are you still going? You know what? That's a good point because I'm right there with you. I love shots like that. And I actually forget what the last frame of this film is. And if it was the bed, I can tell you I wouldn't have forgotten it. So mm. do you remember so what, what we end like on? just like one more half a scene where- of looking out through the window of like she's already outside, and he comes and joins her, yeah, and I should have I should have watched that scene again because I missed a little bit of it because I was writing down how was the bed, not the last frame. so I can't <laughs> actually tell you everything that happens in the last shot. <laughs> and just just sticking with the bed for a second more. Brushing your teeth in bed can fuck right off. That's my last note I have written down. I have, <laughs> have you ever brushed your teeth in bed? What the fuck, JDW? That's worse than the glass of water in the sink in pieces of a woman. Like who? Do- I've never ever ever seen anybody in my life brush their teeth anywhere other than over the sink in the bathroom where it belongs. I'm not on board at like, all. Like I've seen teeth in bed. I've seen crap like this in movies all the time where people walk around the house brushing their teeth, and I'm like, that's not realistic. But to do it in bed is completely just so wrong. I'm so glad. In case case Marie needed another reason to ditch this guy. (laughs) I'm so glad that you noticed that as well, because that was literally the last note that I wrote down. That's horrifying. (laughs) Let's wrap up. How are you feeling about the film? I I enjoy the film. This is going to feel low, given I haven't really said much. Bad about it. Um I definitely feel like Marie should leave Malcolm. Like anyone who throws your attempted suicide in your face in an attempt to win an argument, you should not be with. Leave leave this guy. Um so uh, look, I liked the film. Did it absolutely suck me in? No, it did not. Um, it, for me, it is a strong six. Wow. Okay. I'm an eight, but closer to a nine than a seven. It was very, very, very nearly a nine for me until he brushed his teeth in bed and I had to deduct a point. <laughs> um, but I adored this film. I'm definitely almost like I'm all, I'm teetering on the cliff of a seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as you said, uh, this film was made for me. I was always going to love this film. I- I love dramatic romance. I I actually like this aspect of romance when you see people not at their peak. It's one of the reasons that Eternal Sunshine is one of my favorite films, you know. And same thing, I I believe that those two belong together, even though most of the film is them having a pretty horrible relationship. But that's just what I love about film. So, yeah, eight out of ten for me. Highly recommended. That's a recommend from the two of us, then. Sure is. What are we getting to next week, buddy? Mate, do you know what it's been a really long time between? Yeah, throwback You episodes. having a throwback. I know. I know. Well, it's been a long time even since you've had a throwback. But what was your most recent one? No Country for Old Men? It might well have been. Yeah, I don't think I've done one since. Maybe you haven't let me do one since Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's your answer. <laughs> so, all right, throwback time. Have you ever seen Ron Howard's 1989 classic... Parenthood. I have. Ah, oh, But, so therefore, it doesn't qualify. However, it's probably been a quarter of a century since I saw it. Okay, so you're saying that you would have been, like, 10 or less. Yeah, but yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's been an awfully long, like, a real long time. Okay, all right. It counts then. It so, counts. to the point where, like, I can tell you several people who are in that film, I can think of a couple of scenes- But I can't like really say here's what happens in that movie. Okay, let's do that because it's one of my all time favorites. And now you're a parent as well, so it's like uber relevant. Mm. I'll be like, ah, I get it. Six months in, (laughs) (laughs) like now I get why Steve Martin has grey hair at (laughs) thirty five. (laughs) Thirty five. Yeah, that's a turn it up. All right, well, that's what we're getting to next week. So, go check it out if you haven't seen it before. I, at least, highly recommend it. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or thing wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we a Thing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash thing, and we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. Also, I want the record to show, mate notes. I got... Th- oh, you, it's too bright for you to see. I got okay. three pages of notes, mate. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I'm back on the note train, buddy. Okay, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I'll cut that. <laughs> Alright, well, make sure that you do. Oh, I, I will. Don't worry. Do you trust me or not? <laughs> <laughs>